1: it's the internet you're busy let's do this for december 7th 2022 for the next hour or so let me help you sort through the world of gaming on game mess mornings live with me jeff grubb today we're just going to keep arresting yuji naka until it sticks but first please join me in welcoming today's co-host to game Mess mornings it's jess o'brien from giant bomb everybody jess how are you doing
2: i'm sleepy yay <laughs> I, I'm,
1: I'm glad we could get you up early come on the show it's the first time having you on i'm very excited about it you i can... know i'm
2: like the the person on staff that's the most notorious like sleeper inner and also worker two later because right. i am luxurious and i sleep in so I, I i sleep hard i play hard i work hard is what i'm saying i uh
1: i've i enjoy sleeping in i would do it way more often i am uh in part of my life, where I'm realizing I'm just going to have to get my kids up for school for the next yeah, 18 you, years, basically, or 15
2: years, yeah, you, you lost that privilege when you had kids. Yeah, it occurred to me the other day. I'm like, oh man, that's really depressing. <laughs> that's, that's, like, like, that's yeah. that's one of the reasons I'm not really having one. I think because yeah. like I think sleep kind of rules too much, and I'd be like a totally different and more miserable person if I got less of it. So. Yeah, I, uh,
1: <laughs> I definitely enjoy sleep and sleeping in, and uh, we still try to do it on the weekends. But even then, it's like we're. Still getting up at 8 a.m. ish oh at the latest. God. So, yeah. Farmer
2: yeah. shit. I'm yeah, not kids, getting up at that. Kids are
1: ready to go. so uh,
2: You want... when I was a kid. I didn't want to get up that early. I don't yeah. know what's wrong with everyone else. Everyone else's kids these days.
1: Yeah, their predilection <laughs> is actually is towards staying up late. So it's like, you know, uh, I think that pretty soon here it's probably will flip and they'll want to be up later and and sleep in more. But... We'll see. Mostly, it's just mm-hmm. burning burning the candle at both ends because their candle can burn the, at both ends right now without having to pay a, a horrible price like I have to pay. But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. They they just, they'll just continue making me pay the price for now. All right, let's. <laughs> we do have a lot to get into, so let's get into the morning mess. But before we do so, we'll explain what we do here each weekday. I, Jeff Grub, will help piece your gaming life back together. That includes breaking news and maybe some of our own original reporting. For all these topics, I'll get the input of a bona fide expert who will make me look smart. You are watching live on Twitch. Welcome. You can always listen to the show later on podcast feeds by searching for Game Mess Mornings or find the RSS on giantbomb.com. Shout out to the RSS gang. You can also catch the show later with chapters and timestamps on YouTube. Hello, YouTube. Okay, we have a lot to get into, so let's start the morning mess with Microsoft commits to bringing Call of Duty to Nintendo platforms if the Activision Blizzard deal goes through. This is a story that popped off late last night. This comes from Haley Williams at GameSpot. Ahead of its pending acquisition of Activision Blizzard, Microsoft has announced a 10-year commitment that will see Call of Duty games published on Nintendo platforms again. The deal was announced in a tweet by Phil Spencer, who added that Call of Duty games will also continue to be offered for PC players on Steam simultaneously with Xbox. Um, this here's the tweet from our boy Philly Spence. Microsoft has entered into a 10 year commitment to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo. Following the merger of Microsoft and Activision Blizzard King, Microsoft is committed to helping bring more games to more people. However, they choose to play. There's a, a lot more here, Jess, but there's, there's two sort of, um, analogies that pop into my mind. The one is, this is like in a sitcom when you are trying to make something happen with another character, like if one character is like trying to make another character jealous and there's a party and they bring some other third character to the party with them. And that third character doesn't care about any of this and is oblivious and just is there for like the shrimp cocktail. That's Nintendo. (laughs) And the, Nintendo's
2: the, the George Costanza of the situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes.
1: <laughs> and and then, the, the, you know, Microsoft's over here just trying to like say, Sony, come on, bite on this. And Sony's, and they're like kind of bitter rivals and it's not really actually going to go through. And the other one is, <laughs> uh, I drink your milkshake where Microsoft is just trying to completely surround Sony in a situation where it's like, if we kind of make this deal with everyone else, but you, it'll kind of make the, make you look a little bit silly to the regulators where it's like, eh, we, you know. We drank your regulation milkshake here. Everyone sees that we're willing to make deals and play ball. So you must be the one left out and on on, on an island all by yourself. Is uh, this bullying? <laughs> it's it's definitely a little bit of corporate bullying. Corporate it's, bullying. I mean it's Microsoft throwing their weight around, it's Microsoft trying to put them in a position of, of of looking at odds with the rest of the industry. And Sony is trying to do a little bit of bullying themselves just through the regulators. And that's uh, one of the things that Phil Spencer said in interviews with Bloomberg and Wall Street Journal that he did as part of this announcement. Um, he, he basically said that they are more willing, Sony is more willing to have a bunch of conversations with regulators than they are with us. We're trying to get them to sit at the table and they're not willing to do that. Uh, so Sony's clearly, clearly still trying to use regulators to blow up this deal, which of course is their right to try to do. Well, you know, is that actually going to work in the end? We're, we're still going to have to wait and see that. But, I mean, when you uh, see Phil Spencer out there, you know, kind of late at night, right when Nintendo is, you know, in the middle of its business day announcing this, do you really think this means a Call of Duty game is going to be on the Nintendo Switch anytime soon?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I just hear this news and I think, wow, no no console is safe from <laughs> Call of Duty. Uh, it's always going to be somewhere around the corner. And I'll be like... You know, talking to, to I once was talking to a like I had like a physical therapist or something. My knee was busted for a while and I was trying to make conversation. I was like, hey, do you play video games? And he was like, yeah, I was like, well, oh, cool. What games? And he was like, "Uh, Call of Duty and FIFA. So I had nothing to talk to him about. <laughs> yes. Nothing. I'm, I mean, they're,
1: they're massive franchises and yet they have not mattered on Nintendo. Uh, you know, Call of Duty hasn't mattered on Nintendo for more than a decade, I think. Um, well, getting close to a decade. Because uh, Call of Duty Ghost was on Wii U. No one knew that or cared or remembered really? that. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Very strange. Uh. <laughs> uh, that system fizzled and Activision stopped investing in it. And then they haven't seen a reason to go back to the Switch and try to force Call of Duty on the Switch. Something that probably wouldn't be impossible, but also probably b- wouldn't be worth the effort. Uh, but, you know, if F- F- Phil Spencer says, hey, we've we put Minecraft on the Switch. We will use the same sort of concept here with Call of Duty. He Does point out that Minecraft is much easier to get running on a Switch, but he's like, hey, we could Mm -hmm. figure that out. I I think that this is still him just paying lip service to this concept, because none of this, again, is really about Nintendo or Call of Duty on the Switch. It's about Sony and regulators and regulation, and it's and, about
2: bullying Sony. <laughs> yes,
1: it's about yes, it's about making Sony look silly. And uh,
2: huh.
1: I mean, I, I don't know. Like you, from the outside, someone is not like a like caring about whether or not Call of Duty ends up in one place or the other. Does does that feel like it works? Do you feel like Sony looks like they're at odds with the rest of the industry?
2: I suppose so. I mean. I don't know. I don't know the uh, the corporate inner workings and the little petty details between these companies. So I don't really know how they how they act and react to each other. But that is funny to to hear that one of these giant corporations is kind of being a petty little shit to one of the other ones.
1: Yeah, it and it does seem pretty pretty petty. This is the throughout the story we've covered the story for for weeks, and uh, every little tidbit is one company saying something in the press to respond to something the other company said and just going back and forth. And that's not something they traditionally do. (sighs) This does seem like the culmination of it, though, where it's like, hey, we are um, you you won't talk to us. We're going to go talk to all these other people that are basically the industry equivalents of you, Nintendo and, and Steam. They also had a similar 10 year deal with Steam, as we mentioned earlier in the story.
2: I, this is high school shit. <laughs> it, it does, yes,
1: it feels sitcommy. It feels high schooly, um, but it, yeah, it's also kind of the only option that's been left to Microsoft until, unless something actually does come where the FTC does sue them for this deal and try to uh, litigate the, the, the deal in court, which could still happen, although that seems iffy based on the most recent reporting. Uh, but you know, the EU is still there and does have strong regulation and could try to uh, crack down on the deal and make concessions. To that to that end, um, not Phil Spencer, Brad Smith, one of the presidents of Microsoft, one of the key people up up top uh, below Satya Nadella, he put a, a, a an op ed in the Wall Street Journal and he did some tweets basically saying, "Hey, we'll make this deal with anyone," and he just called out Sony by name. It's so, like, "We will make this deal with Sony, and we will go so far as to make it legally binding in the EU, the UK, and the United States." So they're they're trying to say, hey, if we're offering this deal right now, maybe it's just a handshake agreement. Maybe there is like a legal contract. Regardless, they're saying we'll we'll actually put this into the the contract of concessions to let the deal go through, so that we have to abide by it according to the you know federal governments of all these different regions. This deal is obviously really important to Microsoft, and I think on Sony's side, it's really really important. It doesn't go through. It just Microsoft's doing is throwing everything they can at it, and it seems like in the end it probably will still go through. So at what point does Sony relent and just say, okay, give us the 10 year deal. Cause a 10 year deal is a pretty uh, a good thing. And it's, there, there's no sign that after that 10 year deal, suddenly call of duty is going to pull the rug out from underneath them and not give them call of duty and, or Microsoft's not going to you know, take call of duty away after that. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. And by that time, there's going to be a whole new console generation. anyhow. Yeah, I mean, console so, and a half, it feels
1: like it's and a half. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it, it, it's, it's bizarre. It it's, it's actually continues to be pretty fascinating to see how these companies try to deal with each other when it comes to the public. Something they, they are not practiced at. They, they they try to keep these things <laughs> behind closed doors, right? And so when mm-hmm. it all comes out in the open, it's like, well, this is strange. You guys are being weird to each other. <laughs> uh, making Call of Duty exclusive to Xbox would be disastrous, Microsoft president says. This continues on from the story. This comes from Eddie McCoo at GameSpot. Microsoft president Brad Smith wrote that op-ed for the Wall Street Journal in which the executive makes a claim for why he believes the deal is good for gamers. Of course he did. Uh, Smith is obviously biased here as Microsoft is financially motivated and helped get the deal done. (laughs) So his comments should be heard in that that context first and foremost. Uh, In his piece, Smith said the Federal Trade Commission's reported plan to sue Microsoft to block the proposed deal to buy Activision Blizzard would be a, quote, huge mistake. Smith also confirmed reports that Microsoft offered a 10-year 10 ten-year deal to Sony to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Not allowing the deal to go through would, quote, hurt competition, consumers, and thousands of game developers. The, um, the you know, this this story goes on as well, Jess, but the, the, the big thing here from the FTC in the United States has been they want to analyze these deals based on what they're going to do to the workers at these companies. They were like, okay, mm-hmm. previously, you know, earlier in the last century, uh, the f t c and regulators in the United States broke up deals because it would hurt one competitor versus another in a market after a certain period of time uh, judges kind of changed the Supreme Court and the the thinking was we shouldn 't stop that we should only stop a deal if it 's going to hurt consumers and prices and cause prices to go up uh hmm. no one 's real i mean sony 's tried to say that, but no one 's really arguing that prices are going up regardless without this happening so Prices are going to probably keep going up whether this thing goes through or not. So the, the argument has begun to shift. And this is uh, with the new um, FTC chairman, Lena Khan, I think is her name, uh, who says, well, we want to actually broaden our approach here and not say just if it hurts consumers and prices, we also want to look, think about the workers at these companies. And from that perspective, I still find it unlikely that it, it's, it doesn't feel like a winning argument to say the workers will be better under Bobby Kotick. And under Activision, a place that has had reported, you know, multiple reported claims of toxic environments, and and a lot of people have left because they have created those toxic environments, and it, there's, it's not like, oh, suddenly it's, it's sunshine and rainbow over there, and me- meanwhile, Microsoft has, as part of like this campaign to convince regulators that they are this good place and they're the good tech company, has done a lot of, has put a lot of effort into making it a place where things can, uh, where, where workers can feel more welcome, Uh but I mean, I, I guess do you do you buy that that Microsoft is is positioning itself as the good guys of the industry, at least relative to Activision Blizzard?
2: Ah, I mean, it's hard to be worse than Activision Blizzard, right? You yeah. Have to really fuck up, right? Yeah. So it's a it's a low bar to clear. Very uh, low. And that that being said, like I don't really trust any major cor- corporation to actually give a shit about the workers, and if they do, it's by accident or. Out of necessity, because someone forced them to. Yeah, because uh, it, it, it business wise, it makes more sense to just completely abuse the people you work with and have a re- revolving door of new people coming out of college and stuff like that that have no standards. You can pay less and all that stuff. So I, mm, I mean, yeah, better looking than Activision yeah. Blizzard, but who knows, like what actually goes on back there?
1: Right. It's uh, it's really hard for us from the outside to measure these things. Better looking does feel like the appropriate way of saying it because. Who who really knows? I mean, that's said, I think there's no reason to assume the status quo at Activision Blizzard would be. Uh, the we should be trying to protect that. Uh, that's where I think the regulators will probably say. For Sure. And when we try to find out, it does seem like Activision Blizzard would be worse than Microsoft to, to, to be a worker at, um, but we don't really know for sure. And so in that, in that reality, why would we be trying to protect Activision Blizzard or uh, trying to protect the market and keep an Activision Blizzard around and independent? That seems like a weird thing to do if our concern is the workers. Um, mm. At the end, though, uh, this Smith argument it still comes back to Sony. Same, Sony seems to be the only company that really has any big issue here. We're trying to talk to them. They won't talk to us. Um, so, you know, what are we supposed to do there? And it will kind of come down to whether or not these regulators buy Sony's arguments. All right, let's move on from that never-ending sort of nightmare of a story. Sonic Prime will debut inside Roblox five days before Netflix. This comes from Eddie McCoo at Gamespot. Netflix's new Sonic anime, Sonic Prime, debuts December 15th on Netflix, but Roblox players can watch it almost almost an entire week early. Netflix has announced that the season premiere of Sonic Prime will be available inside a video game, Roblox, on December 10th. Players can watch the episode inside Sonic Simulator in Roblox. Why would people want to do this? Or why does Sega want to do this? Or Netflix? 600 million people have visited the Sonic Simulator in Roblox. So reaching fans. A lot of them kids. Yes, a lot of them kids. So it's like that's where the next generation is. Uh, That is a a, a big number for something called the Sonic Simulator. I would assume the Sonic Simulator in Roblox, even if it is a kids game, is probably some devious stuff. But but who knows. this is happening more frequently i guess that i I go back to the dragon ball episodes being watchable in Fortnite. um this is kind of where games are fitting into the wider culture where these big corporations see them as vessels to sell their other media right
2: I mean, yeah, it's a it's a medium. Uh and, and it's also it's yeah. basically one big targeted ad. Like you know exactly the demographic that's gonna be playing that game and who's gonna waltz into the Sonic the Sonic simulator, which in my mind is just like a first person VR thing where you're eating chili dogs, but that's just me. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, it's just like every everything's an ad. Even the things you play is an ad when you come down to it.
1: Yep. I mean, especially in a game like the uh, free-to-play game, Roblox. Yeah, you could spend a lot of money on the currency that there. Completely,
2: but... That completely exploits all of the kids that make yes. stuff for it, which is a whole other fucking can of worms. Yeah, I can't so... believe, like, there hasn't been a bigger deal made of that. And if there was, Sega would be like, whoa, we're not doing that. That's like child exploitation of their labor and stuff. Yeah, it's, so that's it's a whole such thing. a
1: weird thing because it's like these the kids are doing it voluntarily and then we we're, we're they agreed to let us take most yeah. of the money that they make for us so they're children <laughs> what are you talking these about these
2: 12 year olds are <laughs> uh, this earning is super, fake money this is super
1: weird digital future sweatshop shit what are what do you what have you created here roblox um roblox a multi-billion dollar company you know, 30 like I, I know there was a point where it was like 30 billion dollars something along mm-hmm. those lines um but still a, a free to play game that has that is the de facto go-to game for most children a game that's been up since 2006 and it has just has this cultural hold on a, a gen- new generation of players this is you got to go where the players are and it turns out that generation is, is right there playing Sonic Simulator I guess <laughs> uh, all right let's see uh, River City Girls 2 developers reveal game is coming later this month. this comes from Evan Campbell at GameSpot. Developer WayForward has announced River City Girls 2 will launch December 15th in North America and Europe. The beat-em-up sequel starts after the first game features... uh, After after the first game and features Marion from Double Dragon franchise, as well as Provy from the River City Ransom Underground. Marion first appeared in Double Dragon as Billy Lee's girlfriend, who, after taking a punch to the gut, became a damsel in distress for the entirety of the game. River, River City Girls 2 will see her dishing out some pain as a playable character after cameo role in the previous title. Along with Marion and Provy, River City Girls 2 also features the original titles cast of four, Masako, Kyoko, Kunio, and Riki. Uh, River City Girls is, I know, a favorite of of a lot of people in the the beat-em-up genre. I'm very excited to actually give this a try. This game was like they said, it's coming in 2022. We got to December, we hadn't heard anything. It actually is coming out this year, so that's pretty exciting. Have you uh, spent any time with River City Girls?
2: No, but I do want to comment. Let's go, girls.
1: (laughs) Yes, it's girl power. Absolutely. We uh,
2: fixed all the all the sexes problems. They're gonna go beat up people now. It's yeah, cool, everyone. Yeah, that,
1: that, I, I, that was always the uh, the way that the video games work. It's like, well, you know, it's not sex anymore because we are they're beating up people now. And it's like okay, but th- these games, okay, though,
2: okay, <laughs> uh, these
1: games are uh, very fun. According to a lot of again, I haven't played River City Girls one, but uh, I haven't
2: played either. Yeah,
1: so I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna check this out. This is um, a game we were doing. Uh, we did the bombcast yesterday. We I, I did, went through a list of games that were coming out. This was like announced as we were doing the show. And I know Mike Minotti was in chat yelling at me that the date was announced and I didn't, I didn't see him. I, I don't, I just ignore him now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, but I would have put this on that list of games coming soon that could be considered for game of the week. And maybe we'll try to make that happen. Cause I, I know people love river city girls too. All right. Let's get to the next one, which we've, you know, we we've all been waiting for. Yuji Naka reportedly arrested again. Rascal. That rascal. That little rapscallion. Uh, this <laughs> comes from Daniel Partis, Danielle Partis at gamesindustry.biz. Excuse me. Uh, Yuji Naka has reportedly been arrested on suspicion of insider trading for a second time, this time relating to Final Fantasy VII, The First Soldier. According to Japanese outlet As- Asahi, how do I say this? Uh, as-
2: Asahi is usually how people say, As- like the beer. Asahi, okay, thank you. The
1: former Sonic Team boss was re arrested alongside ex Square Enix employee Tasoki Sasaki, who was also arrested alongside Naka earlier this month. The pair are accused of investing in A Team Entertainment based on non public knowledge about Square Enix's plans to collaborate with a Japanese developer on the Final Fantasy Mobile title. Uh, this is um, apparently so can okay, Naka, Naka allegedly spent 144.7 million yen, about eight hundred and thirty four thousand dollars on approximately one hundred and twenty thousand shares in a team entertainment prior to the game's announcement. Earlier this month, Naka was arrested for suspected insider trading of two point eight million yen, twenty thousand dollars for in, in the studio aiming, which made Dragon Quest tact information that uh, that he would have had before the rest of the public. Same situation, just a little bit less money. Um, yeah, this is, uh, this is a, a kind of a situation where you like, you're, you know, you're not supposed to do this, especially if you were spending uh, upwards of a million dollars and you, you kind of know what you're doing and you're taking a big risk and it looks like it's not paying off, but I just getting arrested for the final fantasy seven battle Royale, it's just such <laughs> a sting in the butt. I think, like,
2: oh, man, man, it is.
1: That game was not worth this. Of all games, exactly, Absby. Of all games, <laughs> of
2: all games, yeah. <laughs> like you should be
1: arrested for Sonic. Yes, you should be arrested for oh, Balan
2: Wonderworld. Balan Wonderworld. Yeah, we'll
1: let you go mm. with a warning for Billy Hatcher. All right, Billy Hatcher, you just get a warning. <laughs> but no, that's not. No, not, that's none of this. It's Final Fantasy VII: The First Soldier.
2: Um, I, I mean, you, the,
1: yeah, go you, ahead. You
2: can't do all that, mister. That's <laughs> the, who do you think you are, a U.S. senator? Come on, you That's can't right. get away with that.
1: That's right, <laughs> yep. What else do you say in this story, though? We, 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 the last time this came up, it's like, yep, So he, he allegedly did this stuff. You shouldn't do those things. He made Sonic, and... Yes. <laughs>
2: He's like going to the judge like what if I told you I made Sonic? Does that like sweeten the dealer anything? Life in
1: prison, death sentence. No uh- yeah. <laughs> uh, Death by Chili Dog. <laughs> Put him in the Sonic simulator until he starves. <laughs> All right. Yeah, could you could you like do community service in the Sonic simulator, just like holding the sign saying I'm sorry, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll see.
2: Oh man, what what next? Do you think he's doing more crimes and those are going to get uncovered next week? I mean, I, I, so? I, there's like, a pattern
1: here. Obviously, like this, these are just yeah. the first two times he was caught. There's probably this probably goes <laughs> way back, way but way back God. to the beginning of his career. Betting big knows? on Sega when he saw Altered Beast. His track record here is not you know because I mean Dragon Quest Tact. I don't remember at all. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, The First Soldier. I do remember I installed it on my phone, never played it, and then they announced they were closing it less than a year later. Um, so, you know, going back to his investment, right? I mean, listen, if you have the insider information, I guess he probably did still make some money on this stuff, but regardless, it's uh, it, lo- it looks pretty bad. Uh, all right, so uh, keep moving along here. Max QA workers to vote on forming union. This is from Marie Delessandre at gamesindustry.biz. A group of 300 QA workers at Microsoft-owned ZeniMax are organizing to form a union with Code CWA, campaign to organize digital employees from the Communications Workers of America. Should a majority of eligible workers vote in favor, it would be the first union at Microsoft and the biggest for game workers in the United States. Microsoft pledged in June that it wouldn't stand in the way of workers wishing to unionize and confirmed yesterday that it would remain neutral toward the union and provide clear guidance to ZeniMax managers on neutrality, this was also confirmed by ZeniMax workers on Twitter. With the newly formed ZeniMax Workers United group saying that the vote will take place over the next four weeks. Uh, here's a quote: "We know we have a unique opportunity to be trailblazers for a new era of games industry, and we don't take this lightly. Uh, our union will be a place where all workers can collectively participate in decision making and push for changes that reflect the wants and needs of workers." The group of ZeniMax wor- workers is spread across four studios. Hunt Valley in Maryland, Rockville in Maryland, Austin in Texas, and Dallas in Texas. Uh, this is um, spreading, right, Jess? This is just, we, we've had um, years. Attempts yeah. are spreading, at least. Attempt, <laughs> you're right. Attempts are spreading. <laughs> sp- it's it's got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and I think there was a long period of time there where I would look at the news and and mutter to myself, they should unionize. And then yeah. you would be, be like, well, they're, you know, these are game developers. And for the most part, they, are, they have a very individualistic personalities and, and worldviews and they're they're kind of just gonna see this like hey i'm gonna go out for myself and do what's best for myself and that has at least shifted to a point where uh, this is possible these attempts are possible and they're and mm-hmm. you know and it's it is nice to say like we talked about oh would microsoft be better than activision blizzard activision blizzard has uh tried to thwart these these attempts as they b- popped up underneath their, uh, their business structure, which has been where a couple of the unions have already popped up and voted and app- have been approved or been approved by the workers, not approved <laughs> by Activision. Activision yeah. has <laughs> hired law firms to try to union bust and have gone mm-hmm. gone through those motions, and it's been sort of um, a lot messier over there. So it's like this is an example where Microsoft is trying to look better at the very least. I don't know if— Looking
2: um, better. Right. New tra- Looking right, better. New,
1: I, I mean, how, <laughs> how much— um, Better is we're going to be neutral to this uh, again. That's it. Looks maybe better. maybe they
2: have more secreter lawyers that they're using to union bust. Who I don't know. Right. <laughs> yes.
1: And I mean it, that would be yeah. And if they're doing that, that's going to look way worse. But for now, really as far bad. as we can tell, it looks <laughs> it looks better. But still, it's like okay, we'll, we'll see what happens. And if these uh, organizers do feel like they can actually operate in the way they want to make, get this vote through over the next handful of weeks, but I mean, do you think that this really is the start of? In 10 years, we have unions across the industry or is this going to be like just, you know, it'll take a lot longer than that. What do you think?
2: I mean, I am optimistic and I I want to be optimistic. I, I am a bit of a pessimist because I just know that corporations are incredibly, stupidly powerful, more powerful than anyone needs them to be. Yes. Uh, have more money than God. And you throw money at a problem hard enough. You can make almost anything go away. Uh but like, yeah, I think everyone people are fed up, especially, you know, workers in America. They see how sweet everybody else and all sorts sorts of other countries have it. Uh, and how you know, we also, you know, do a lot of deal with a lot of bullshit, work really fucking hard, uh, pay tons of taxes, and none of it helps us, you know, mm-hmm. be less miserable or more healthy. Or, like, any of that stuff. So I think, like, we are hitting a a critical cultural breaking point where unionization is a lot more, uh, less demonized because we can see that other countries, other companies have done it and done perfectly fine. And like you said earlier that, like, you know... um, Game developers are very, like, individualistic and they have, or, or like, Or traditionally have been, at the
1: very least, yeah.
2: Yeah, like, traditionally they're very individualistic, so, like, why would a union uh, appeal to them? I mean, you're talking about an individualistic person that already works in a gigantic company. And yeah. Those things squash individualism like nobody's business to begin with. So it really, as, as far as individualism goes, you, you're probably better off in a union anyway, <laughs> so, you know. And I, I think that
1: the uh, a lot of these developers have seen through the matrix a little bit here, where they uh, in just the recent past, they've looked and seen how the video game industry has grown and and was able to take take home a lot of profits. And meanwhile, the volatility that the industry still experiences across the board has mostly been felt by people who make the games, the people yeah, that create absolutely. the value in the first place. They they are it's
2: not a it's not a stable career.
1: No, yes,
2: being in games is like one of the least stable careers. I can think of right now, which is stupid and shameful because it's like such a, it's, it's a gigantic industry bigger than movies. Right. Yep. And, and movies are, are, you know, loaded up with unions. Yeah. And, and- it's like, if we're bigger, th- if we're bigger than, than movies, we should be the most unionized industry fucking ever
1: right? Like, I don't know. And it's, I mean, and the whole idea there is that uh, they build the volatility into understanding how the job is going to work in, in movies. So it's like, yeah, you're working on this one project, and when the project is done, you're done working on that, but you are still part of the union, so there will be union jobs pretty much ready for you to go, and the process for getting, slotting you in there, is is it's it's uh, a paved road, and it's going to be very easy for that to make sense for you. In video games, it's just been so long, we finished the game, we really kind of don't need you anymore. And the volatility that we all know is part of making games, of, of mm-hmm. bu- building up a project requiring hundreds, now thousands of people to actually finish that, and then finishing the game, and now requiring a, a lot less than that to maintain it. Well, we know that is going to happen with almost all of these games, but we just, mm-hmm. instead of like building in structures to move people on gently, we're just saying, okay, well, thanks for your time. So Bye. long, so long. You've been now been, been laid off. And that was just yeah, a-, like a-
2: And that's like, you know, that you could say like, though, that's like a natural occurrence of like the work, but also like, you know, uh, corporations and companies have leveraged that against the uh, against the workers on purpose by design. Like, you know, oh, you want to you want to leave when the project is like 80 percent done. You don't get your name in the credits. Yeah. Like, you know, stuff like that. It's just like needlessly cruel and it's used as a retaliation tactic to keep people working at the place.
1: Yeah, and it's it's the kind of thing where if uh, w- w- unions are not going to make the, that volatility go away, they're not going to um, make it so that everyone can just be hired permanently, even when there's no big game coming out. But it can put in rules so that the companies have to follow strict crediting guidelines. So that if you did work on a game, your name goes on there, you can put on a resume that I shipped a game, and people can go to Moby Games and see, oh, it, it, it is there, and that has... A, a you know an obvious and positive effect on someone's career and you kind of can't be a, a weird company that's going to hold that over someone's head to try to keep them around uh, at a certain you know a certain cost to you and say well we, you either give me a raise or i'm going to go somewhere else if you're an employee and they're like, well go somewhere else and we won't credit you on this game that, yeah, that, that that's retaliation be a, yes, yeah and it shouldn't be a bargaining chip obviously that's and that's just one example of how that how that works absolutely and it's those rough edges that unions can clearly uh, rub away, and again, it's not going to solve all the problems. It's not going to make the volatility of the industry go away, but it can make it a much more hospitable place to the human beings that, again, create the value in the first place. I, I'm optimistic too. I think just where I think that we're looking at a moment in time where people, obviously, people's sentiments towards unions have have grown in, in a positive direction over the last several years. I think that a lot of people that did that are coming out of the pandemic recognize how interlinked everyone is and how interdependent mm-hmm. we all are and absolutely at a certain point it's like, well why shouldn't we just be interlocking in a way that is going to take care of, where we take care of each other in our work as well as in society at large I think a lot of people are trending in that direction it's going to be a pretty good thing i hope you know there's always going to be it's a
2: a small silver lining of the pandemic is everyone had a a fucking minute to breathe and not go to work and think about wait why am i so miserable yeah (laughs) can i fix that in some way whether it's at work or whether it's you know uh realizing you're trans like so many people i know realize they were trans over the pandemic and i'm like oh fuck yeah good for you and it's just like having a goddamn moment, not in the machine where you yeah. wake up, you go to work, you go home, you go to bed, you do it again and again and again and again, and you have no time to think about why you're so unhappy. And it's like, hey, maybe we're all kind of trending in a more healthy posi- position mentally after going through all this terrible stuff. So I don't know.
1: Yep, I, I hope these uh, ZeniMax QA workers are able to uh, to unionize. This always does seem to come from QA. It will be a lot more difficult to get the engineers and um, uh, and maybe even artists to unionize. But at a certain point, uh, when, when these employees uh, who are working on these games and doing a bulk of the creative work look around and see, like, why are we getting treated this way? And why are the QA workers getting treated so much better than us? I, the answer's is going to be pretty obvious and the, <laughs> mm-hmm. they'll have no one to blame but themselves. And that's I think that's going to get a lot of people off their asses here pretty soon. And um, going to
2: be a domino effect. Yeah,
1: a domino effect. Yeah. And it'll be just a building wave. At least I hope so. Uh, I'm definitely on the side of that would make things better. Yes. Fingers crossed. Indeed. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, move on to this hell of a story that uh, Jordan Midler from VGC just posted right before we went live. Days Gone director blames middling reviews on, quote, woke reviewers and tech. <laughs> And tech issues. Uh, The the director and writer of Days Gone has blamed the game's middling critical reception on technical issues and, quote, woke reviewers who he claims couldn't be bothered to play the game. John Garvin tweeted this theory in response to a fan asking why he thought the post-apocalyptic PS4 biker game didn't get more praise when it was first released in 2019.
2: Here, well, it, all the bikers were wearing MAGA hats yeah. and, and Ku Klux Klan hoods, yeah. and of course we're going to mention <sighs> it in the reviews.
1: It's it's <laughs> and it's so much more mundane than that. Here's here's Garvin's reply: three reasons. It had tech issues like bugs, streaming, and frame rate. Okay. Two, it had reviewers who couldn't be bothered to actually play the game. That's always a fun one. And three, uh, it had woke reviewers who couldn't handle a gruff white biker looking at his date's ass.
2: Get them Ooh.
1: <laughs> uh, Jardy goes on to define woke for us, uh, where it's just like, "Hey, you think there's systemic uh, in uh, injustices in the world?" Uh, Days Gone currently has a, a score of seventy-one on the review aggrega- aggregator Metacritic. Uh, numerous similar PS4 console exclusives scored somewhat higher, such as Ghost of Tsushima earning eighty-three and Sony Santa Monica's God of War reboot receiving ninety-four. Those are both better games. Much better games. Garvin's (laughs) latest claim has sparked backlash from both members of the games media and fans of the series who responded to his tweet negatively. One said, come on, John, woke, you're better than that. To which Garvin replied, nope, I'm really not. (laughs) If a reviewer objects to a character because of identity politics, I call that woke. How am I wrong?
2: Oh my god. Uh,
1: others pointed out that Red Dead Redemption 2, which contains numerous instances of racism, sexism and other scenarios that acute that are uh, that those accused of being woke would presumably uh, object to, as well as a Gruff Cowboy was released just 6 months earlier and was critically acclaimed with a metacritic score of 97.
2: So shut the fuck up. <laughs> yes, that, I, I, the, this is
1: not the same guy who previously said that the reason the, that the uh, what is it called uh, now a uh, uh, the, the, I can't remember I just sit here With the spiker game Days Gone The reason Days Gone 2 didn't Yeah I get can't it,
2: even remember The damn name of the I, game It's just yes. Who cares about Days Gone it, I mean It's it just
1: The reason I, hey, Listen I didn't review it So I'm not a reviewer Didn't play it But I didn't play it Because it was not Interesting to me And it, I didn't even know That the gruff biker guy Looked at his date's ass I honestly think That's kind of charming But whatever uh the like the, the reason the, the, the previously a different director said days gone 2 didn't happen because people were uh, out there buying used games used copies of it which is something you asked about earlier this 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 week on the Bombcast. it's like but you know that happens to every game uh and mm-hmm. other games do get a sequel but this is not the same guy this is a different theory which is people saw a white guy and freaked out and i'm just i don't think that's how it works actually uh this just seems yeah yeah. shut up i uh yeah kind of don't know like i don't think it's career suicide to say something like this because that's like the idea that oh this cancel culture is actually going to do something to this guy
2: sadly it's not career suicide (laughs) yeah right
1: he's just going to be able to he's obviously going to be able to work on stuff again it'll be fine um but it just seems so like foot in mouth it just seems so silly to come out and be like this it's i don't know you put out something that people don't respond to i found the best the best strategy is to like just take responsibility for it. Take to uh just say, Hey, what did I do wrong? Maybe other factors were in play. I don't think those factors were woke reviewers, but you know, if if you feel that way, you can you're allowed to feel that way. Maybe just shut up about it and say, What did I, what could I have controlled in this scenario? And what could I have changed or done better? And that's where you should focus your, your stuff on because otherwise, you're just going to end up looking kind of stupid in this I situation.
2: Just, I, I just like yeah stupid um but it's just like okay so you have tech issues okay sure reviewers who couldn't be bothered to play the game uh, that's kind of nebulous i don't know yeah, if it's, you it's, it's, prove it's that a, disprove right, that whatever thing, yeah and then three is like okay reviewers can't handle a gruff white biker looking dude looking at his date's ass it's like there's a lot of protagonists that do that in different levels and permutations but yeah. are you saying that this one protagonist had the correct amount of all three of <laughs> yeah. those things to piss off people and therefore it became a, a noticeably a woke problem that's like absolutely ridiculous yeah
1: i um I, I just people think some criticism is is way more effective than it is and people throw these kinds of criticisms at all kinds of products of hey this uh i remember uh, a a friend of the site said once that like mario kart didn't have any white characters and or any black non white <laughs> characters and it's like oh th- this, is, this is pretty strange when you look at this roster and like look at all these white faces and kind of no no black people and it's like people freaked out about that that game um, sold okay it's it, it's it's done just fine th- that criticism is is valid should have been heard and uh, and people freaked out about it but but none of that actually ended up mattering to the product's ability to to sell it was just a conversation that happened alongside that which i'm yeah. sure maybe some people did Criticize the character and and the looking at the ass that's that does sound like the kind of thing that could have popped up in a review or two. Fixating that, on it though as the creator yeah. is a mistake
2: there there was a i remember when it first came out there was a really funny clip going around of like there was a flashback where biker guy was getting married to his biker lady friend. And there was a cutscene that that uh, like quotes like actual like things that bikers say to each other when they're getting biker married, I guess. <laughs> but it was like it, there was some line in it that was like, I hope you ride me as much as you ride your bike <laughs> or something. And I was just like, Ugh! like I,
1: listen, but to me, that's so stupid. I love it. Like, that's like it's
2: really funny. The, like, the, it's, yeah, it's, it's funny. <laughs> It's cringe and it's funny, but it's yeah. not like everybody don't buy this. Right, like, exactly. I don't care. Like it's stupid. Right,
1: <laughs> that's it, it, just right. But we're not. I rarely this criticism. Like don't buy this. It's just this is a thing that I think is worth pointing out, and and it has has issues. It just it does not translate directly into why the game remember, doesn't like, succeed.
2: I don't remember anyone complaining about the game beside like woke style or like I don't remember that know, either. Getting up in arms about sexism. Outside of just making fun of that cutscene, I don't think anyone yeah. was taking it like, what, 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 "Oh, i so What criticisms you know? do
1: you remember about that game? Because I remember a couple, and they were mostly, "Oh, it's another zombie game."
2: Yeah, it's another zombie game. It's boring. The gameplay loop isn't interesting. The characters are not very compelling and yeah. it's, dumb it, shit happens. This is from I the company care.
1: that makes Last of Us. Why would they also do this when they have the is, Last of Us? This is is strange... this an
2: AMC show tie-in or yeah. something? Oh, it's like, not, it, but it's, it
1: looks a lot like that show. Is, is it just trying to be it, that show? Is it like, a, isn't
2: it kind of late to make like this kind of prestige television sort of attempt in yeah, a video game uh, like, and not even pull it off? And a generic
1: like... version of that, you know. Nonetheless, it's yeah. It just there's so many things working against it uh to harbor a grudge like this is yeah, embarrassing a little bit it's but...
2: almost adorable that that's yeah. the thing he latched onto. oh, oh yeah like...
1: absolutely okay, yeah <laughs> okay. i I, honestly, I saw the story and i couldn't help but like just laugh like you did when we first introduced it because it's like it is mostly just hilarious
2: that's a joke man you're a fucking <laughs> joke if you if you're like oh the wokes made my <laughs> bad game sell bad Ooh. <laughs>
1: All right, last couple of stories here. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe DLC Wave 3 is out now from Jordan Midler at VGC. Uh, the Wave, which is the third of six, dropped uh, drops planned as part of the Booster Course Pass, includes classic tracks such as Boo Lake from the Game Boy Advance and Maple Treeway from the Nintendo Wii. The Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass costs $25. Players who subscribe to Nintendo Switch Online's expansion pack, receive access to the DLC as part of their subscription uh there's some courses here we're, I, we're not going to go through all of them but like uh, you know the Rock Cup has Tour London loop from the mobile game and GBA's Boo Lake and 3DS Rock Rock Mountain none of these like stand out to me as someone who's played a, a lot of Mario Kart games and um has been a fan of some of the tracks that have that have popped up in the previous two waves and yet I found myself like putting this story in the rundown today and be like oh man I can't wait to go back to Mario Kart and just play some new tracks that's uh that's a nice little treat something Earlier this generation, as Mario Kart 8 Deluxe just kept selling and selling, I was like, "Well, why won't they put out a DLC? They're probably never going to do that." Well, here we are, kind of feeling a, a little bit lucky. I Even mean, if these things aren't uh, headline grabbing on their own in terms of like which tracks are getting put in there, this is still pretty fun. Are you a Mario Kart fan, Jess?
2: I play it when other people are like, sure. want to play Mario Kart. You know, like yeah, I don't. I it's know one I'm... of those
1: games, absolutely.
2: Yeah, you know, I'll play it. Uh, I haven't played like as many as it seems like a lot of people have. Like, you know, like I don't recognize any of these. Uh, for example, I think I recognize the name of Peach Gardens and obviously Rainbow Road. Uh, but like, yeah, I'm not like a hardcore fan. I'm just kind of a you know fair weather party game sort of uh, enjoyer of Mario Kart. So I mean, good for everyone. Who cares about that though?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, a uh, uh, propaganda in chat pointed out there also added uh, uh, item drop selection which I believe means that in uh, in certain modes you can select which item of the two that you have that you can drop. I oh think. yeah. And that's pretty neat. That's pretty cool. That, that uh, I think in that's how one it works. Of them.
2: I don't remember which one had that. So I think
1: uh, <laughs> in um uh, D- double dash uh, Mario Kart double, double dash. dash you could one character would be holding something in the back and if you swapped the characters like so the one was in the driving the other one went in the back. They would they would take their item with them, and you could use one or the other. And still
2: thought there was one where you could just be just one character, and you could have right. two. It like, sounds
1: that sounds right to me things? too. Yeah.
2: Someone in the chat will oh, know. Okay, no, they're
1: actually correcting oh, me. No, no, sorry. As in the only items you can get during the race. Oh, they're saying item drops. As in, like, okay, so you're setting up a race. And you can drop certain items to, to not be uh, available oh. on the course. That seems like S- something Smash that should
2: Bro- S- Smash Brothers yeah. rules yeah. that should have been
1: in there from the beginning. I thought honestly thought that was in there from the beginning, which is why I. Uh... OK, customization. <laughs> yes. Thank you, everybody, for the correction. I really sense. appreciate that. that. <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? They should do though? They should add item swapping. Yeah, I like least an that option, strategy.
2: An option to do item swap would be really cool. <laughs> yes,
1: that'd be very cool. Uh, no, no word. No apology needed. But, uh, Propaganda Panda. It's all on me. I saw that and didn't actually fully read it when I was going through it this morning. Uh, All right, finally, Diablo 4's release date has seemingly appeared online. Again, from Jordan Midler over at VGC. This is according to Twitter user... Aggiornamenti <laughs> lumina. Aggiornamenti Lumia. Aggiornamenti lumina. Who has Lumia. a pr- Lumia? Lumia. Ah, listen, listen.
2: Ah, it's damn it! Early for me too. I'm just going to make you oh. say these tough ones. Uh, I'm, I'm the I'm the I'm the insufferable Japanese pronouncer, not the insufferable Italian pronouncer. Listen, I, honestly, I think if you're going
1: to do it for one, you got to do it for all. So I'm going to pre- give it I a shot. It. Uh, Do it Uh, wrong. (laughs) uh, Who has a proven track record of scraping the Xbox and Windows Store back in in order to uncover confidential internal data? Uh, According to the user, the game is set for release on June 5th at 11 p.m., though Lumia... Lumia... Uh, point yeah. Yeah, Lumia points out Lumia. that in, uh, <laughs> Lumia points hey. out that in some time zones, this would mean a June 6 release. The game, which will allegedly be 80 gigabytes in size on Xbox, will release in standard, digital deluxe, and ultimate edition. Um, th- this game is definitely, they're trying to get it out as quickly as possible because they want Activision Blizzard games to still be coming out, even as they were struggling with a lot of their games, especially at Blizzard. Um, they, with Overwatch 2, for example, they were like, well, we gotta, let's push this out in some form this like this year instead of waiting for when everything is ready, which is what they originally were going to do. Uh, and then the you know the plans change, like, well we want to put something out, so let's just take the multiplayer, make that its own thing, and call that Overwatch 2, call it a day and actually put something out. They Diablo 4, they are trying to run as many tests as possible so they can kind of get that momentum going. And then releasing it by uh, spring, summer, uh, yeah, by summer makes makes sense for that game. Uh, I am someone who really likes playing Diablo three on the couch with friends, and I I kind of think that Diablo four might be the best one of those yet because they've learned so much about putting Diablo on consoles since Diablo three came out. That I think from out of the gate Diablo four is probably going to crush in that regard, and I, I can't wait. That's a very good series and i think it's probably going to be very successful as long as they could do uh, have a successful launch in terms of the tech actually working for them are you a diablo person by any chance
2: haven't played a single damn one
1: all right well now, there we go i got, someone to, pl- I got someone to come <laughs> play with me there we go we'll get, get jess on there
2: they're, i'm diablo curious though <laughs> yeah they're,
1: they're they're just fun couch co-op multiplayer games which I, I know they go way back beyond that but that's been my primary experience with them everybody mm-hmm. Uh, All right. We're going to do some poll questions in a second. First, though, I want to give everybody a chance to ask a question or two as part of a Grub Snack segment inside of Game Mess Mornings, which I think Ah. here. Actually, you know, you guys didn't hear that. Let me do it again. There we go. There we go. All right. Oh, my God. I hit the scroll button on me. You know what? I'm just going to leave it. Um, Yeah, I'm falling through. Let me (laughs) me see if this is going to fix it. If I hit this button again. There we go. All right. Uh, if you have a question, go ahead and hit that Ask a Question button here on uh, GiantBomb.com/chat. If you are on Twitch, just at me or at GiantBomb, and I'll see it here. It's right there. I can see uh, Snix uh, Snilks saying something right now, uh, and we'll answer them as best we can. Let's uh, go here to questions uh, from Octo. What game is just planning on uh, planning to catch up on for Game of the Year?
2: oh crap um i have been catching up i played through pentiment absolutely fucking adored it holy yes. goddamn shit oh yes. my fucking god yes. uh no spoilers but oh my fucking god um what else um there's there's been a couple things that i started and haven't finished like the chant but that's not gonna be goaty but it's like kind of on my back burner to come, come back to um ooh, what else I bounced off Tunic. I tried twice, and I feel like a goddamn uh, an idiot for not liking it. You know, I
1: <laughs> uh, I loved Tunic from the beginning, and then I re- it really dropped for me pretty hard in the second half. Um,
2: it sucks because I'm like I, I like Zelda ass stuff, and I like puzzle ass stuff, yeah. and I think like I think the the Metroid ass part was what like made me ticked off and, like, frustrated, where it's like, oh, there's a thing over there, and I can't go to the thing! Fuck! I'm too yeah. stupid, and I don't know! And it just, like, got to me in a weird way, and it's just, like, that's such a dumb reason to not play this game, but, uh, I tried. I mean, I but we're, the, we're at the time of the off.
1: year where uh, a dumb reason turns out to be a very good reason if it saves you time. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah
2: you know, it's... there's only so much time until everything everything goes down. Let, let
1: me ask you, if I had to pick between Signalis and Faith, which one should I play?
2: Ooh! Oh, ooh! Yeah, mm, I know, I know. Shit, um, just the ooh, gut, the, just the gut. Uh,
1: like, mm, what's, what's your uh, gut telling you? Don't, don't think I about don't it. I don't even
2: have a gut feeling, mm, Jesus. Man, I mean, tough. here's the thing: they're they're both so good, but in different ways. Yeah, uh, and like they both accomplish what they set out to do very well in totally different ways. uh Signalist is. Signals like a, a yeah. signals is a darling of, of the year and I'm so happy for them, but like, I feel like faith has kind of like gone under the radar a yeah. little bit. And I would like to like, be able to discuss faith. Chapter I know, three I know baccalaureate
1: it's played it. So I'm like, okay, if he's playing it, there will be multiple people to have a conversation about that one. Maybe I want to be a part of that. I, I started it. I just got to actually get in there. Um, and
2: faith is also shorter. I think than signals. okay. Well, that'd be, that's I'm not nice. If you were if you were to do each chapter in a row though, I'm not sure if that would time out.
1: Uh, you know, what? I'm just I'm just gonna go for it. I'm just gonna start out and go for it. Uh,
2: yeah, is it is it signalist chat or is it Signalis? I, I don't really know.
1: I don't know. And I, I'm they not. They do you know say what? it in and the I'm game. not gonna find out. Um, <laughs> Nilaka, why is Midnight Sun so good? Phraxis Fraxis is very good at making games, I think it's that. It really is that simple. They um, and they, you know, they took their time on it. And they were willing to delay it, so they got the combat fantastic and then they it seems like they probably spruced up the abby stuff enough to make it feel like you are at least moving forward as you go through that that abby stuff e- even if you're not going to get to smooch everybody at least those relationships could be somewhat interesting and then pay off in the combat later on
2: the only Uh-oh. abby i care about is the one in pentiment going back no. to pentiment no anyway <laughs> Man, no
1: i mean it's good stuff I, I yeah i can't wait to have the conversations about pentiment that that is actually one of the big things i'm looking forward to for game of the year Wah. um <laughs> slacker cham what internal organ should i sell to afford all the games coming out next quarter yeah it's getting wild uh in early 2023 um i was kind of like looking there is a whole bunch of stuff hogwarts legacy okay but dead space december 27th for spoken january 24th i said december uh from uh january 27th for dead space um
2: Uh, spoken you don't need to yeah Yeah, you don't need
1: to it seems like right now who knows we'll say it's at least a (laughs) a, a big budget again Kerbal Space Program 2 in February 24th um Octopath Traveler is uh, also February 24th uh Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe February 24th well that that's the getting the the next one getting a deluxe from Nintendo Mm -hmm. uh Resident Evil 4 remake is March Mm -hmm. 24th it is wild out there star wars jedi survivor obviously in march um
2: we, we feast in
1: we yes it's gonna be seems like it could be a really strong year as long as most of those games you know do what they're supposed to do which you know if they, they've been delayed so many times they've like, dead island two, march or april 28th i guess you know some of these dates might not actually be right i think that was supposed to be february now but who knows um let's do uh let's do one more worst david cage game in your opinion yes
2: oh my <laughs> <laughs> um i'm looking up i want to see a list you know i want to see a list um sure yeah. okay omicron is hilarious is hilarious fahrenheit's hilarious slash indigo prophecy i'm gonna say i haven't played detroit become human i've been meaning to forever because me and me and my partner josh like love hate david cage games they're so fucking funny to like couch co-op yes, play absolutely. in that way and I, I don't know i haven't played detroit so it could be detroit but i think I would say Beyond Two Souls is the worst of the ones that I'm familiar with and I've played.
1: I, I I haven't played too many. I played Indigo Prophecy and it was like, yeah, okay. And then um
2: what was dude, that game's so funny. Yeah. Holy shit. They're all,
1: yeah, they're all they all just have such <laughs> ham-fisted writing and it, yeah. Oh. I mean, mm, mm. my my favorite David Cage thing is him saying that uh Detroit Become Human is different from other film media or other media about androids because in Detroit Become Human, you're supposed to be sympathizing with the androids. And I'm a homie. No one's ever
2: done this before. Oh, He's a trailblazer.
1: <laughs> what are you saying?
2: What have you... you heard of sci-fi in yeah. general? Like, what, where have you been, have my you man? Have you heard of
1: storytelling before? Oh, it's it's like when
2: Silicon Valley people reinvent a bus. It's like yeah. David yeah. Cage with it's every genre. 1,000% like I'm the first, that. I'm the first person to ever do this. It's like, objectively, no, my man, you're not. Just
1: <laughs> absolutely not. Boy, that guy. My,
2: my favorite David Cage thing is when he said, that's cool. <laughs> in something. And now me and me and my my uh partner just say sometimes to each other, that's cool.
1: Yeah, I try to do a Yves Gimo. That's my my French game developer accent. <laughs> yes, we are we at Ubisoft. We like to thank you. All. yes. He's uh, got a, that tiny little voice. I love it. Uh It is a very cool accent. Yes, pr- pr- precious little Yves Gumo and very cool very modern David Cage. <laughs> all right, let's uh, get to the polls. Uh, yesterday I think, no, Monday, I asked you, do you think you'll be playing Dragon Age by the end of 2023? And that's, of course, Dragon Age, the next, the next Dragon Age, Dragon Age 4. 25.5% uh, said yes, 24.5% said no. Oh, ye of little faith. I- 70, 74.5. Yeah, 74.5. Thank you for correcting me. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I... I've looked into this since then. Sounds like it's still on track for, by the end of 2023, it will be coming out. Uh, You know, that could change. Of course it could change, but that's internally, that's what they're targeting internally. They still expect that. So there's still a chance. Maybe it is only a twenty five point five percent chance, though. So <laughs> that that seems fair. Uh, what, what Let's do you, take
2: this as real life probabilities. <laughs>
1: what do you What do you think? A big game like that. Um, you know, they they think they can hit it. They haven't announced a date. They've just been kind of you know talking around the game a little bit.
2: So, so this is like a brand new Dragon Age, yes. like not a re remake. Yes, remaster, Dragon Age: Dreadwolf, Dread the
1: full follow up to Dragon Age Inquisition. Yes, not
2: a DLC. No, not just, an a just a massive
1: new game. Yep,
2: a sequel.
1: Yep, made in no. unreal.
2: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's not coming out in 2023. I, 2024 or 5, yeah, I don't know, seems I, likely.
1: I kind of hope that like that this will be the start of a new time in games where because this is getting this is going to be next gen only or new gen only, uh so PS5, Xbox Series X and S. And so well, if it's not cross gen, maybe that makes it a little bit easier for them, but you're you're right. There's just so many things and scope creep causes things to expand and yeah it's probably going to slip into 2024
2: these games are massive huge like stupid big and they're only getting bigger
1: they're only getting yeah they're
2: only they're only getting goddamn huger so it's like i don't know like it's already such a huge undertaking to make a a a skyrim game 10 years ago and now it's like i don't know that seems optimistic to aim for 2023
1: (laughs) I um, would need to ask a new poll question. Didn't come up with one, but the one I was kind of thinking of as we were going through the news stories is, would you ever watch a show inside a video game? I, it, uh, yeah, I'm just going to ask that. If, huh. Yeah. Would you,
2: and by that, you we don't mean like a, the, the the Alan Wake style one where they have a fake show that you yes. can watch in the game, like a real show.
1: Yeah, an episode of a real TV show inside a video game. And then game mess mornings. Uh, in the meantime, Jess, why don't you tell people what we have going on for the rest of the week? We got a big thing going on tomorrow Ooh. night.
2: Yeah, let me bring up the schedule. It's yes. on my desktop. Yes, um, that's fantastic. So I'm gonna be on our K-Pit uh, in just in just a little bit at a, in an hour from now, I think, is how it goes. Yes, an hour after math, this. Right? Yes. And allegedly, I'm not sure if it's still happening or if something came up, but Rory said he wanted to do a Dragonflight community corner because the new WoW expansion thing is out. Uh we also got a Jeff Jeff's Bizarre Adventure coming out today. Uh to uh tomorrow, there's going to be some sort of Dwarf Fortress live stream yes i think
1: that sounds good i think let's do that i, think, I, don't, I don't remember that says, but we'll, we'll make it someone happen said that. I, th- I, I put might, it on the schedule honestly. honestly i might have said that and i but yes i should do that because I, I really want to play with the community so yeah i, I
2: really want to i want to see it i want to like yeah. invite me to that yes absolutely um, i'll
1: go i'll be in i'll be in this room just like let's hang out let's do it
2: perfect you know where i'll be yes in this room <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh Voicemail dump truck is is on the schedule, but we're not doing it because we're talking over the game awards. Right. And we don't want to be too stacked. And that's happening at 4 30 p.m. Pacific, 7 30 p.m. Eastern, very early for the for the the Pacific Coast for something like this. Uh and yeah, on Friday, got kind of the usual stuff. I'm pretty sure uh Sekirocho is happening, and Unprofessional Friday is gonna be themed after the new Fortnite update where everything is all shiny and new and pretty.
1: Ooh, ooh, yes! I, ooh. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ready to check out some more Fortnite. It's, it's been a while for me. I know that uh, Dan, I, I, I think Jan's been in there a little bit, but I have not been have back some, recently.
2: We're gonna have a couple special guests. They're not confirmed yet, so I'm not gonna say right. who, who the two tagalongs are going to be. But you might have noticed, like, where's, where's Dan? Where's Bacalar? Where's Tim? Where's Lucy? They're, they're somewhere else.
1: Yes, they
2: are not here this week.
1: Yes, they are traveling, and I'm very jealous. But uh, I got to hang out with you today, so that was great. That was, that's hey. great. thank you so much for coming on Game Us Mornings to talk about video games with me, Jess.
2: For sure, thanks for having me and making me wake up just just a tiny bit earlier than you. We're, we're going to be fine. so
1: productive today; it's going to be embarrassing for everybody oh. else. They're going to wow, wow, we look bad, and they will, they will.
2: What productive workers we got over exactly. here. That's, that's
1: <laughs> what I always strive to be. Um,
2: Hope they don't unionize. Oh, no. Oh, sure would be a shame. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you for watching, everybody. You're the best audience in gaming. Until next time, have a good one. Take care of yourself and goodbye.
2: Bye.